G'day guys, welcome. This is Guitar Wank Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Troy McCubbin, I'm your host, and um, this is number 10, number 10 episode. If you're just tuning in, this is your first, you need to get your shit together. You need to go back, go back to number one, and listen, and get to number 10. We're number 10. And we're really excited. We've we actually made number 10. That's, we're happy about that. So um, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Go to iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Facebook page, Twitter. I think we're getting on YouTube. It's all happening, ladies and gentlemen. So um, get out there, subscribe. Leave us some reviews. We need more reviews on iTunes and stuff. Uh, we need to pump that up. So leave us some dirty reviews on iTunes. Well, not dirty, but you know what I mean. Leave some reviews there. Um, If you do not know about the competition, you need to know about it. So the Guitar Wayne competition is, this is the deal. Go to the website, buy a t-shirt or buy a mug. Take it home and take some pictures of it. Be creative. Get, get, uh, use your imagination. Just have some fun with it. And you're in for some amazing prizes. Take a picture, send it to guitarwank at gmail.com. Guitarwank at gmail.com or post it to our Facebook site and we'll check it out. And uh, you're up for prizes from Sir, uh, Exotic Pedals, uh, Fishman, uh, Wireworld Cables. Uh, what else we got? My Music Masterclass. We're giving away signed uh, CDs of Bruce's and Scott's latest works. Um, uh, Jim Dumlop, Diodario, um, I believe two notes uh, are getting on board, which is fantastic. Um, lots of great companies are jumping in and we're going to continue to add to the prize list. So it, it's not going to stop there, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to keep going. So... <laughs> You gotta, you gotta get in on this. You, there's some great prizes, and um, yeah. So I don't think it's gonna be that hard to win something. Just damn, wear a t-shirt, or just grab a really hot chick and put her in a guitar wank t-shirt. I mean, that's gonna win a prize, for, like for sure. I mean, Scott's on the panel. I mean, it's a given. Anyway, so that's the deal with that. Uh, we love all your feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, enjoying that. Keep it coming. And without further ado, this Guitar Wank, because it's number 10 episode, uh, I'm just going to let it run. I've been sitting here editing this episode and um, I listened to it through and I'm like, why even touch that? Because it was just fun. So uh, I hope you guys are getting as much as I am because I know it's changing my playing, just sitting and talking with these guys, these monster players, and hearing their great stories. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I feel, feel very privileged and I hope you guys, I hope it's coming through to you guys as well. So without further ado, I'll shut the hell up and uh, we'll get it to the podcast. So it goes a little long. And for all you guys out there who didn't like the longer podcast, podcasts it's really simple just press pause on your podcast just pause it go away do what you have to do and then come back it's like part one part two really simple the beauty of podcasts 
Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Guitar Wank <coughs> podcast. Here we are in Prohibition Studios, North Hollywood, California, and it's a lovely evening. And I'm sitting here with the incredible, the sensual, the extra... I ran out of adjectives. <laughs> Do over. <laughs> no, keep going. I, no, I like that. I, You know, everyone's Google. Everyone's got a dictionary. They can add their own. Bruce Foreman. That's not Google. That's a dictionary or a thesaurus. Actually. <laughs> I have a thesaurus on my Google. <laughs> I have a giant sore on my Google. I have a giant thesaurus on my Google. <laughs> you know, you can get cream for that. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you, Bruce. And <laughs> Scott. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> what have you guys been up to since we've last talked? Drinking heavily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, drinking, buying speakers, doing stuff. Oh, that's right. You bought, tell us just about your speakers. Yeah, tell us about your speakers. I'm real happy about my new purchase. I'll come purchase. back in a week. And I, yeah. Yeah, I can talk about this for a long time. See you, Bruce. Why don't you just go have some dinner? <laughs> This will be a perfect segue from this topic into Bruce's what pisses me off topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about No, it's okay. Speakers. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I need a cure for my insomnia. Go ahead and start talking about it. Well, here's what I bought, Bruce. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm, please do tell. Do tell. I bought a 1969 G12M Greenback. I bought two. I 19... love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I bought a couple 1973 G12M greenbacks, and I bought a 1971 uh, G12H with a 55 hertz comb. Are you excited or what? <laughs> I'm just hearing you just excited? the enthusiasm and excitement in your voice. I yeah, know that... I'm very happy yeah. about it because this is gonna. This is going to be a really great sounding cabinet. And I got the cabinet from Kerry Wright. Of course, I exclusively guy? use Kerry Wright cabinets. Uh, I would never use anything else. <laughs> and uh, so I bought a great Kerry Wright cabinet to put these in. Where's Kerry and located? Kerry's down in Fullerton. Oh, is that okay. He's over yeah. in Fender World. Mm -hmm. Is that Fender World? It used to no, be. Corona. Fender's in Corona, Corona now, yeah. but they started in, they yeah. were in Fullerton. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went down to Kerry's shop and had lunch with him and he's a great guy and a, just a, a the best cabinet builder in the world wow uh, a cabinet uh his cabinet loaded with speakers is about the same weight as most empty cabinets wow yeah what's he making his, his cabinets, cabinets are very light he gets his oh. he, what <laughs> go ahead <laughs> go ahead bitch <laughs> Tell a joke. I want to hear what ruined my fucking Excuse me. What are they made out of? What are they made out of, Bruce? I want to hear what Bruce thinks they're made of. What they are made of. What are they made out of? They're made out of elephant scrotum. Elephant scrotum. Very tough. They're very tough yet sensitive. All right. That's really ballsy of you. Speaking of Russia, we were just talking about Russia. He gets his wood from Russia. Oh, he does. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, somewhere, somewhere crazy. Right. Yeah, it, and it's the the cabinets are about as close as you could possibly get to the Marshall cabinets of the '60s and the early '70s. So apparently they were very light, 
like a lot of old guitars were. Like, yeah. you know, when you pick up an old Les Paul, it's light as a feather, not like the new, the, ones. The new ones, which are because wood has gotten heavier over the years. The trees are more dense. They're just light wood is very hard to find for guitars. Mm -hmm. Even when you order a guitar for John Sir, you've got to say, I want it to be light. I want it to be a certain amount of weight. And they'll make you one, but you might have to wait a little bit for it because that wood that comes in, they have to pick through all the pieces and find a really light piece, and that's getting harder and harder to do. But um, anyway, so Carrie's cabinets are really light. So this, this cabinet's going to sound great. I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to do some IRs of it and Ooh. sell them on my website for very cheap, for like nothing. 500H. Well, I, mean, I figured I'd do this. I'd do, I'll do uh, four speakers... I'll do, uh, I mean, really, no, there's just the really the greenback and the H. And then I'm also going to do a Chinese greenback, and I'm going to do a... Uh, Jesus, a, that sounds illegal. Heritage, <laughs> <laughs> a Heritage 65 and a 212 cabinet. A Harry 65? Yeah, a Heritage 65. I thought you said a Harry. <laughs> no, in a, in, a, in a 212 cabinet. And I'm going to do 10 snapshots per speaker. So there'll be 40 in all. What do you mean, 10 snapshots? In other words, it's a static IR. In other words, uh, the mic positions? stays... In other words, you, you take, a, you take a, a sweep with the mic in the very center of the cone, and then sweep two would be like right maybe to the edge of the cone. Then sweep three might be right on the seam of the cone in the paper. Sweep four would be like right around the middle of the paper. Sweep five would be out to the edge of the paper. So you've got five, you know, from brightest to darkest okay so how do you yeah. i'm you i i get the whole thing how you i don't know how no you don't understand no i don't i got no idea what the hell you're fucking talking about but, <laughs> you know Bruce. what let's talk about charlie parker so bruce can fucking get into the conversation <laughs> where's stump for god's sakes where's I want to know. You know what I really liked about Bird? His playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he liked about us? <laughs> so what do you want to ask I, me, I, dude? Okay, but what are you playing? What do you do? You play a chord and record? Oh, no, 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 no. It's a sweep. It's a sweep from 20 to 20. Oh, okay. 20, 20 hertz to yep. 20 kilohertz. Okay. Basically, it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> what guitar player doesn't want to sound like that? Yeah. So, so, so you get you get this pro <laughs> so you get this computer program and it spits out this sweep. Right now, this is technically how it works. It's very interesting, I think. Unless you like Charlie Parker, and then you probably fall asleep. <laughs> but, give me another drink here. <laughs> but but here's here's the deal. It makes this sweep and it spits it out onto your desktop. You put that into your DAW, like mm -hmm. Pro Tools, whatever. Logic, yep. Yeah. You play that sweep through your gear. Mm -hmm. In other words, you take it out through your digital converter. You put it into a uh, transistor power amp, a power amp with absolutely no color of its own. So no, not a tube amp, right. but like a good transistor power amp. And then you take that to your speaker and, and uh, the speaker to the mic, and then the microphone back into your mic preamp, which I have a Neve, which is a really good one, and then that goes back onto a track of your DAW. And then you run that sweep, 
and that sweep goes through all the gear and back into your thing. So now you've got two sweeps. You've got the original one and you've got the one that has been processed through all your good gear. Mm -hmm. Your mic preamp, your great speaker cabinet, your wonderful tuned room, you know, whatever you've got that you that you like. And and now you've got this sweep. And when you put those two sweeps back into the program, it's able to mathematically subtract or differentiate the two and subtract one from the other, whatever, how that does. And you end up with an IR that tells you the difference between the two sweeps. So in other words, that that tone that you get, which is your speaker, mm -hmm. it, it's only what the sound was running through your gear. That's, well, that's an impulse response. Right. It's like a sample of your gear. And you could sample anything, a pedal, an amp, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. Wow. Right? And, then, and then when you play through it, you're playing through your own speaker, just a digital recreation of it. But it sounds really good. It sounds like your speaker. Yeah. Hard to tell the difference. And it's um, amazing to me. It is. It's really technology that's come a long way. And of course, as we said before, for the guitar players who don't want people to call the police, you do you do that in your house, and you don't you can two, play your music, you know, with uh, two. <coughs> What's the website again? Two Notes. Two, two Notes, that's where you get software. Yep. But anyway, I'm excited about the speaker cabinet because not only can I use it, but I'll be able to offer it to other people. You know, if they like the sound of a vintage Marshall cabinet. Of course, they can always get that too already from companies like uh, Own Hammer, who just actually did the same exact thing that I, that I did. They have a basket weave Marshall cabinet from the 60s and they just sampled it and he has it on sale for 14 bucks. Oh wow. So yeah, and and I've heard some and they sound good. I'm going to try to make it better. That's sure. my my goal is to try to make mine sound better than the own hammer ones. Whoa. I don't know if I can or not, but I'm going to try. That's it's that's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah. I we we've, we've had a lot of people ask about all this, so it's very interesting stuff and Yeah. There's a, there's a couple good companies like Red Wires makes a bunch of them, real good ones. Yep. Own Hammer is probably, he probably has more than anybody else. And then Two Notes, they have the software, but they, pro they don't have quite as many cabinets as these other guys do. But the beauty is that the Two Notes software will play all the Own Hammer and Red Wires stuff. Right. Anything that's in wave format <clears throat> or any kind of format, uh, pretty much, Wall of Sound will play it. Yep. Also reverbs or anything like that. If you know when they go to Germany and they sample this big church, yeah, and you can use that reverb on your guitar if you yeah, want to yeah. convolution reverbs. That's what Bruce likes to do. That. Bruce loves that. You know, he's really fond of this church in Munich <laughs> that he really likes, and he likes to play Charlie Parker tunes through that through that reverb. And <laughs> yeah, I, re I remember. Really yeah, yeah. Uh, now this is where it's a great. Uh, segue into what pisses pisses Bruce off section. All right. <laughs> what what pisses me off? Nothing pisses me no. off. I'm too too bored and sleepy to be pissed off. <laughs> I think you you had a what pisses me off section with um gear, right? What about gear? Uh, that we talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that uh, you know, good gear, great. You know, let's buy more. Let's uh, let's worry about it. You know, anything to keep from practicing. <laughs> no, learn another. Two. No, why? Why learn another two when I can go buy a fucking speaker? You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to be, I'll admit it, I, I, I turn too many knobs and don't practice enough. I'm going to be the first one to admit that. Well, I, I'll be, you know, no one practices enough, let's face it. Gear's a hobby of mine. I love it. Yeah. You know, but. I, I got to yeah. admit, I, I like it. It's cute. It's pretty. It, it's fun to, you know, it's go pretty. see physical therapy. It's pretty. Kind of fun to see physical therapists from carrying heavy shit around. I you like that a lot. And, Paying for my health, you know. God, bills, shit's but heavy. That, you know, and yeah. Then you know you got all your best shit, and you walk into a room, and and the room's so fucked up it doesn't even matter what gear you got. <laughs> or even better, yeah, you walk into a decent sounding room with all your expensive gear, and the sound man screws you up. You know what I mean? It just brings me no amount of happiness, or a huge amount of ha- whatever. Uh, it is. It's such a it's such a mind fuck because as a guitarist, well. Not all guitarists, but most guitarists, you spend all your time putting your pedal board together and your amp and everything sounds amazing at home. Then you get on stage and it's like, oh, this shit sounds yeah, it's horrible. It's sure, it sure, a room sure can't fuck it up. That's yeah. for sure. And no, believe me, I mean, don't, don't get the idea. I don't give a shit what I sound like. I know from listening to me, you might think that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, well, that's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) But, but, you know, the truth is, is, is I'll take the responsibility. I got a really decent guitar and it's down to me in the hands and try and make what I got work as good as it can and definitely not have... not be able to blame my gear on sounding like shit and not be able to give my gear credit for me sounding great. You know, I'm taking that. I want that. And no, yeah, while it's a you one could say it's a lot easier. You don't, you know, you don't use a lot of effects. You don't ever, you know, then you okay, great. You try and get a clean sound that's got some body and sustain and blends with other instruments. And, and, you know, and you can hear all the notes clearly and they still have body and you don't sound like a fart in a blizzard. You know what I mean? <laughs> go ahead. If you think it's so easy, you yeah. know, go ahead and do it yourself. You know, I mean, I played through an amp today. I kind of almost liked it and it was a pretty, Crappy little thing, I think, wasn't it? I mean, it was like a Fender Blues I, Junior. Didn't, yeah, but it's oh, sounds, you were getting a nice tone yeah, to it. it, was, good. it was, By it was, the way, me and Bruce played today, you know, so right. we, we played, we taught at MI together, did a double open counseling, and Bruce gave me a guitar lesson. And Scott and, gave uh, me a and, severe uh, thrashing. You know. <laughs> my my, my bunghole is still smarting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had fun, and, 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 and we managed to get tones from, like, there, there's an amp at school that's got its own little distortion and it's got a little delay and reverb built into it it's a oh, fender yeah. princeton yep, yep. you know just a little transistor but for a practice amp it sounds pretty decent yeah so i i i don't hate playing through it right. no but, you know we, we played together we had a good time and uh, we had a, a boom box with a bunch of tracks coming through a bass amp that was that was extra bruce really loved that <laughs> that was extraterrestrial bruce, bruce loves my acoustic bass yeah you yeah. know it's from the mac Oh, uh, you know, yeah, it's from yeah. the Mac, the acoustic I think, bass. I think that oh, yeah, I think like... that bass player worked with me last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Your amps over there too. You got to take that. Oh yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna leave. We got a rehearsal here tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Well, there you but, go. But you know, when you're doing those kind of <laughs> gigs, and when everything really does come together, and you get the tone that you really love, and it inspires you to play the best that you really can expect out of yourself. You know, you have those magic nights where everything just goes perfect especially the gear because that's mm. the main thing that can go wrong yeah oh man you live for those nights and even if i have to go through 10 bad ones 
it's worth it just for that one, one night, night where everything really sounds <clears throat> great and you had a really amazing, uh, I'd say, a, a great relationship with your tone. You know, that's, that's hard to have. And when you're changing rooms every night. <laughs> and you're playing a great Charlie Parker tune. <laughs> Who's in Charlie Parker? Did say Charlie Parker? I must have just woken up. <laughs> all right, all right. I got one for you guys. Maybe I, maybe I throw a bunch of guitar names out to you guys, guitarists, and you guys give me, um, give me one um, word to describe. With, the, with this, this might be fun. Who? If, if I throw a bunch of names out to you guys, okay. and you guys can... Can give me a together comment. or one at a time. <laughs> Probably one at a time, so we could just. Okay, he didn't go, specify. He, he, no, that. you're right. I was a little confused myself. I mean, right. where's, so where's he going to throw them, and how are they going to? Yeah. Is it going to? Are they going to land here, like on the floor, <laughs> or what? I mean, right. and you got to give me a first. You can't just one word. But, yes, one word. Let's make it interesting. One word, oh, and man. you can't censor this shit. It's got a oh, whatever come on, comes man. to your head. What if you na name a guitar player that we absolutely hate? you got to give word. it. You can come up with one word for that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start off. Oh, We're going to start Jesus off with Christ. First, I'm, I'm a nice person. I don't want to say anything bad about other guitar players. <sighs> okay. You know. Well, I'm, I believe if you can't say something nice, <laughs> don't say, say something, something mean. <laughs> All right, all right. You just gotta. You, you gotta. You know we all talk shit about each other. That's all what the people time. want to hear. Yeah, they yeah. want to. I'm gonna make it tune in. I'm gonna they're make not it up. tuning in for niceties. All right. All right. Okay, all so my first one's gonna be. So we'll start off with Bruce, uh, and I'll give you the same guitarist as well. All right, uh, Charlie Ch Christian. Extraterrestrial. Oh, that's two words, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Great. I mean, I can't think of any words. Oh, well, then you just broke all the rules there. You just I, can't, I can't. I, what do you great say? Great. 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 Okay, great. Um, all right. Uh, tell follow. Elliptical. Elliptical. It's kind of all the big words. Uncertain. Oh, that means me, not him. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> Benson. God. Soulful. Schofield. Modern. Monk. Monk. McLaughlin. Innovator. Bruce is thinking. Borderline. <laughs> borderline. Uh, uh, I'm calling you on that one. That's me. My feelings are borderline. I have okay. many feelings. Django. <laughs> Extraterrestrial. <laughs> Gypsy. Um, Carlos Santana. <laughs> I've got marijuana. one. Marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. I was just going to say that. Really? <laughs> yeah, say marijuana. Okay. Marijuana. <laughs> um, uh, Billy Gibbons. Badass. Razor. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, Hendrix? The best. Electric. Okay. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of someone that really stumped you guys. Like, I don't think we're going to use any of this. No? <laughs> no uh, we will. I don't think we will. There might be three people that enjoy yeah, this. Yeah, but you know what? 
Yeah. Uh, it's we cool. We, we just talk. We're, I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> I'm not. Because, right, we we, can, because, because Santana's a nice guy, and, and for us to say that about him is really mean. And wow, like, Juan is not. Yeah, I it think, is, because we're not even saying that he can play. It's like really a, a mean... No, but I was talking about his tone. It would be better if you didn't do it in one word. Start the whole thing again and ask us what we think about the, not one word. Okay, thing. I, I'm uncomfortable ask, with. Okay, you know, uh, I mean, because I mean, I, I feel like I have to say nice things about people I'm not necessarily. No, but, you, in but love the with. thing is, well, yeah, but you don't have to say nice things about people if you don't want to. But you don't. <laughs> one word cannot describe right. anybody. That's fair so, enough. So go back I, to the beginning. Was, it's just kind of okay. Go I was back just, to the beginning. I was just trying to get us away from topics that we haven't no, done go before. Go back to the beginning. I'd be happy to talk about other players. All right. Take two. Hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Good tone. All right, guys. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I thought I might shit my pants. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'll throw out a bunch of players. And you guys give me some comments on okay. what you guys think. Sounds good. Now, talking... where are you going to throw them? On the floor or <laughs> on the chair? On, or on. Where? I need more to drink. This shit makes me drink. <laughs> where are you going right. to throw them? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put their names out to you guys. And you guys are going to give me your comments on their tone. What do you think of their tone? Not their, their tone, tone, but just them. Well, no, let's, oh, let's, let's I was it. thinking tone. You know, oh, wants, no, no. He wants I was to thinking, talk tone. Yeah. I was, because yeah. we were talking He's tone. He's moderating. Oh, I'm yeah, trying really to find well. who you guys like tone-wise. No, but we can mention their tone, too, when we talk about them. Oh, geez, it's going to take a week. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, <laughs> right. it can be brief. All right, just, all right, just a, okay. Just a, a synopsis. A, 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 you know, three-sentence synopsis. is going to, you know, a synopsis. It's like a cyclops synopsis. only with the word. It's, oh, it's a synopsis with a, like a cyclops. Just imagine cyclops. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, go ahead. Don't just ignore him. Uh, all right. Um, all right. Django. Go ahead, Bruce. Django. Amazing. Otherworldly. Innovator. Original overcame a physical problem on top of it to just become one of the true innovators of music of his time. Yeah, but what has he done lately? Really, it's true. It's true. Well, he's been decomposing. I'm just going to be lazy and agree with everything he said. Yeah, I mean, what can you add said, to that? He, yeah, you can't add I'll give you. That. I'll give you yeah. one, then give you one. Um, that so, was good, though. All right. Well, Richie Blackmore. Cause I know oh, you. God, man. My idol. Yeah, this is My hero. Guy. Yeah. Have you met him? No, man. Talk about star starstruck. Could we get him into a, as a guest? That'd be cool, man. You might wet yeah. your pants, might you? Maybe. I want to watch that. I'm gonna. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll get him. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> Scott just messed himself. <laughs> okay. What do you want to know, Richie? Richie Blackmore. Yeah. Well, you know. It's one of the first pioneers of the Strat, you know, and, and, and super innovative way to play the instrument. You know, yep. No one had done before him. So, yeah, you know, he's an innovator. And uh, um, his tone was just uh, like, just no one ever got tone like that and they never will again. It's just, he, he just it was a master of tone. 
Mm. And what he did was so original, and he had so much of his own voice that, that I mean, you, anybody can tell him in one note that that's Richie. And plus he was a great player, a great phraser. You know, you could tell that he'd done his a lot of listening to blues and past blues players. He had his roots in the blues. He was just, you know, marvelous guitar player. Uh, pass, Joe Pass. Okay, so I imagine that all these, one thing that all these people are going to have in common is that they were truly amazing players who you could pretty much identify very quickly, like Scott just mentioned. You obviously, you could say the same of Django. I'm going to say the same of Joe Pass. Mm. Joe Pass was a brilliant player, a lot of personality. His playing really morphed a lot. I mean, he transitioned throughout his career. He was kind of a linear player in his early days and became truly one of the gods of solo fingerstyle guitar. Mm -hmm. um, played with a lot of great players. He was one of the funniest, most apathetic people I ever met. I mean, that guy would get on the bandstand, not care if his guitar was in tune, plug into anything. Really? Didn't care. I was with him once, and he checked his guitar in a vinyl, vinyl gig bag, that old ES-175, of one of those crappy vinyl gig bags. You were, you were too young to remember this. Back in the 70s, they looked like just like... Oh, yeah, I remember them. Just yep. those crappy little leather, leatherette. They weren't even real leather. He had a little case like that. They said, sir, you can't take the guitar. And I said, okay, and he gave it to him. And we watched it go up the conveyor belt. Oh, and like, nice. he, didn't, he didn't even care. He didn't care. And it came out fine, and he played. I mean, but meanwhile, he was the most natural. Things flowed out of him, and he had more influence over other guitar players. He had as much influence over other guitar players as anybody you will ever be able to name. Wow. Now, you guys both spent a lot of time with Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. he taught at MI when I was a student and when I was a teacher. So I got to play with him a Would lot. Would you agree with that uh, synopsis? Yeah, absolutely. And and um, he was a super funny guy and just really down to earth. Yeah. And what I really liked about Joe is he was a great teacher. Yeah. He could actually uh, explain everything he was doing in a very easy to understand way. So that's why people flocked to him the same as they flocked to Ted Green, who was also a really, really down to earth guy and who, who, who could really teach. Yep. As opposed to, I won't name some other guys we had at the school who were famous who couldn't teach their way out of a paper bag even though they were great players. But if you tried to ask them, you know, hey, dude, what do you play over a minor 7 flat 5 chord? He would say, you need to go and watch the moon in the fourth phase. We all know who that is. Who is it? So, so, we all yeah. know who that is. I don't know who that is. Uh, yes, uh, just let's forget about it that I said <laughs> that. But there's a, there's a, you know, some guys just aren't good teachers. Right. And Joe was a great teacher. You now, really know how to do the nuts and bolts of guitar. I'm, I'm really curious about, uh, I mean, uh, what does a guy like Joe do after he leaves teaching or playing? What does he go do? What kind of a guy? Well, watch TV. <laughs> he's like to watch TV. He loved to smoke cigars. Oh, is he a cigar he smoker? He was a cigar smoker. Frank Potenza, who's going to be on Wikipedia soon. Yep. I don't know whether, maybe he already has been. Um, guy who's the chair of the department I teach at USC tells this story of he and Joe went somewhere and they parked, you know, an L.A. store. They went to, like, have lunch or something. And, like, Joe's smoking a cigar and he takes it and he puts it on the curb, 
like a little dog's thrown so you know i mean uh on the curb right by his car yep they go have lunch they go do whatever they're doing they come back they get back in the car and right before joe gets in the car <laughs> he picks up the guitar <laughs> There's the cigar again and lights it. <laughs> you gotta really love cigars yeah. to do that shit. You know what I mean? And my story is when I was teaching his kid. Um Are you teaching Joe's kid? Yeah, for about for about a month or maybe a month and a half I was going over to Joe's house and teaching his son guitar. Alright, now hold on, stop he, right there. Because most people and I've had this question to my me myself, why were you teaching when well, he's because, got Joe? Because Joe he wanted to learn more like fusion you know, distortion, rock, rock jazz, okay. guitar. Right. And 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 Joe want, knew me and knew that I played that style and asked me if I would give him some lessons, and I did. So I was over one, one time after the lesson, and I asked Joe, if he, Joe was sitting on the couch, and I asked Joe, he says, the amp's still on, you want to play a tune? And he said, man, I've been playing guitar for 60 years, I want to watch TV. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. And he just gave me a smile, and he was just, you know, because we played together at school a lot. Yeah. But yeah. he was like, okay, this is my off time, don't bother me, kid, get yeah. the hell. <laughs> and another funny thing he said about me is... He did an, an interview for the Los Angeles Times, and one of the, the the interviewer asked him, "So, are there any up and coming guitar players you like?" And he goes, "Well, there's the Scott Henderson. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that he plays, and you don't know what the melody is." <laughs> 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 and I read that and I was like, yep, thanks, well, Joe. What a wonderful endorsement. There's a great video, and I've, I saw this live numerous times, but I, I've seen it once on YouTube where Joe, speaking of the whole rock thing, um, Joe, Joe was with Ella Fitzgerald. I think Tommy Flanagan's also on the gig, or Harold Jones may be on drums. And and they're doing like some little rock kind of thing. They're like kind of making fun of, they're like playing a hip tune, kind right. of being hip and young and right. kind of being maybe a little bit funny about it. Uh -huh. And they're playing the lamest funky rock thing you've right. ever heard. I right. mean, the lamest. And the, and the look of kind of boredom and disgust on Joe's face <laughs> as he's doing it is, is priceless. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, so, ask us another guy. Man. I, I love hearing about, stories like that. Okay, we, talk, we we got stories about other guitar players. I want to hear that. All right. Well, since you brought up like the old MI days, I heard lots of stories about who was at MI back in the day. I heard mm -hmm. stories. Eddie Van Halen. You got Eddie's any? another innovator. Yeah. You keep bringing up these innovators. Well, I'm trying to get s oh. some stories. You must have well, some Eddie stories. Well, I don't really have any Eddie stories. I've only met him a couple times, but 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 one thing that I do remember is hearing a tape of him playing at the Hollywood High School prom. Oh, wow. Right? Before he ever did two-hand tapping. Yep. He hadn't discovered how to do the two-hand tapping thing, and he sounded outrageous. Right. Ridiculous guitar player. Just soulful, bluesy, wicked phrasing. <clears throat> wicked. Just a great guitarist before he learned one tap. So that was just the icing on the cake. Right. It's unfortunate that all these other guitar players copied only that with none of the heart and soul <laughs> that he, Eddie has. Because yeah. Eddie can play his ass off. So, uh, but, I, but of course you can't, no matter how great he is, you've got to give it to him that he was really the innovator of that, of that style, of that tapping style. Whether you like that style or not, he was great at it.
Yeah. And most of the guys that do that, I'm not really, that's not my favorite, one of my favorite things on the guitar because I feel a lot of guys do it in too technical of a way. Hmm. But Eddie has a, had a, has a phrasing thing that, you know, when he adds that two, two-handed tapping to the ridiculous phrasing that he has, you get some badass shit. So, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, everybody loves Eddie. Who doesn't? I, I heard stories of Eddie back in the day walking to MI with like a six-pack and he was just a, a party guy. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah, and and uh, he played a concert there with Holsworth and um, and Jeff Berlin and oh wow, I forget yep. who played drums. I don't remember, but it was it was cool. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, all right. Um, who else have I got? Uh, you asked about McLaughlin. Yeah, McLaughlin. Give me I'm, a McLaughlin. I'm glad to talk about McLaughlin because he's another one of my heroes, because he's one of the most brilliant composers of any guitar player that you can ever name. You know, I, I don't think you can name one guitar player who's a better composer than John McLaughlin. He's he's written some of the most amazing music. Just, you know, even if he didn't play a note, <laughs> his writing, he's really, he's really written some amazing stuff. And his first band, Ma Vishnu Orchestra, with, with Jan Hammer and Billy Kahn, talk about innovative. It just doesn't get any more innovative than that. There was nothing that sounded like that or even close to it hmm. before that band came on the scene. And of course, you know, I have to give it to Larry Coriel. Larry Coriel actually is the is the godfather of fusion, but his band wasn't as successful, so it's not as well known as Ma Vishnu Orchestra. But I have bootlegs of Ma Vishnu Orchestra when Billy Cobb was still playing a little jazz kit. Is he had just come from the days of what was the record label that he played on with McCoy Tyner and all those guys? Um, Milestone, was it? No, no. Um, um, all those old records. Blue Note. George Benson, no, not Blue Note. CTI. CTI, yeah. And Billy played on a lot of CTI records. And he still had that little tiny jazz kit. And McLaughlin was there with his Marshall stack. And this is even before the Mini Moog. This is even before, when Jan Hammer was playing a, a Rhodes and just a ring modulator, which was all he had to make the Rhodes sound funny because the Moog wasn't invented yet. And talk about innovative. Nothing like that had ever happened before in music. So uh, people were just stunned. Like, oh, it, was, it was amazing. It was. It really was. It was an amazing band. Yeah. And to this day, Birds of Fire stands as the Bible of fusion. It is. So, so Or Intermounting Flame. You could pick either one. But my favorite is Birds of Fire. So, you know, he's one of those guys that... What I really like about John is that he started out as a rock, a rocker like me. And he learned jazz. And over the years, and album after album, he kept getting better at it. And now when you listen to a record of his, he's... He sounds like a really legit jazz guitarist, and he wasn't when he first started his career. But um, yeah, I really respect the guy, not just for um, being an innovator, but for all the growth over the years and how many different projects and different things. He did the whole Indian thing with Shakti with all the amazing time signatures and rhythms and stuff. And, and then he did uh, acoustic projects. He did acoust uh, things with orchestras. That one record, The Promise, where he played all acoustic guitar with the symphony orchestra, I think it was London Philharmonic, just incredible stuff. Mm. Incredible writing and incredible playing as well. And I think that's one thing that some people would probably say that they like to hear him on acoustic guitar 
as much as electric because that's his acoustic guitar playing is stellar. Whereas electric guitar playing kind of grew from something where the tone wasn't very good and many years he was just playing a Les Paul or some guitar cranked up through a Marshall and didn't have a lot of finesse and there was a lot of kind of like just not very much finesse. Mm, yeah. But now if you hear him, you wouldn't say that because now he does have a lot of finesse on electric guitar and he gets great tone. But back then he didn't. But he's just, a, I liked these guys that you buy their first record and you go, okay, and then 20 years later, wow, what a growth. What, a, what an amazing path this guy has been through in music. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, Sorry, too much. But <laughs> no, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Bro. Wow. <sighs> Lenny was amazing. Just uh, kind of, you know, he really had the ability of a, a class, a true classical player. Uh, he, you know, he took, he brought a lot of jazz sensibilities to it. Uh, he could play jazz. He could play lots of styles. He was just a sheer genius. You know what? The way what he did on the guitar, no one really can do yet. Even though he showed us how to do it, he was just brilliant, brilliant player. Um, had a lot to say, inspired a lot of people. That whole world of kind of fingerstyle guitar and contrapuntal guitar and uh, marrying lots of styles together. I mean, Lenny is is many ways responsible for that and was good at a lot of styles. You know, he was not. Did you do you do you know guys that got to play with him, hang with him, and yeah, I do know yeah. numerous people. Didn't you hang with him? <coughs> no, I, I hung with him. I hung with him a lot back oh. in the day. Uh. You know, but I didn't play with him, but I knew him. Yeah, but and and unfortunately he wasn't really together as a as a guy. He yeah, had he lots had, of problems. He had personal demons. Yeah, personal demons for sure. But man, I mean, wow! Just no one had ever heard anything like that before. What he did with the harmonics and everything—it was just ahead of its time. And uh, so many people have been influenced by him. It's not even funny. Yeah. Just he's a huge influence on just about a, what, every just every jazz guitar player there every is. Every guitar player, I mean, yeah, you know, from you know. the Chet Atkins <laughs> style guys yeah, to the sure. straight ahead guys to the sure. finger style guys to the these modern American, you know, Leo Kotke kind of guys. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a Phil, have a tip of the hat to Lenny Bro. Phil Degree is a, yeah. a big Lenny fan, oh, I'm and sure that's Phil, obvious. Phil has just studied so much of, of Lenny's music and that's why he's able to do a lot of the stuff that he does with his with his amazing solo guitar yeah. stuff. There's a great documentary on YouTube of Lenny. Mm, yeah, bad. it was just, just sad though the way he went out right. because when you think of all the it's like another Jocko story, you know, yeah. just like died way too young. Crazy. <clears throat> um, Benson. Oh man, watch this. I'm so proud of this. Oh, wait, it's not. Oh, wait, wait. I'm so proud of this. Check it out. This is radio, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so proud of this, but you can listen to it. What's that? I'm so proud of this. Uh, oh, I'm just so you listeners know, Scott George is Benson reaching. Sings. Scott Henderson's the Scott best. is reaching. No, he's reaching. Because he said hi to me, and I'm so proud of it. He's touching, he said, um, he's touching Bruce in inappropriate ways. No, I'm not. I'm not. I promise I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just looking at this, and this is cool because I'm. I think it's cool, He's and I was like starstruck, and I was going, uh, "Wow, look! There's George Benson right here." 
Look, here's George Benson. Hey, Scott. This is George Benson. I want to thank you, man, for the music, man. I appreciate it. Next time, I'm going to shake hands with you in person, my friend. Thank you very much. Holy snapping duck George. shit. There's George right there. Why is George sending you? You because guys got something going a guy's on? Because a, a guy from uh, Brazil, <clears throat> his name's Peter, um, he runs a, he's starting a George Benson school. And, and, I, and I guess George is sponsoring it or George is behind it. And he asked me, would I do some teaching there? And I said, well, of course, I'd be happy to. I said, I can't do anything like permanent because I'm on the staff at MI, but I can do an occasional workshop, some online things here and there. You're happy to be a part of it. And he, he said, um, well, George is going to be here next week and I'll tell him. And I said, well, listen, I want to give George my new album. So I sent him Vibe Station and the guy gave it to George and George listened to it. And, uh, and he liked it. And, mm -hmm. and so that was my message that he had heard the record and, you know, so that was cool. How cool is that? Yeah, because I've never even met him. I'd love to meet him, you know, right. but I've, and he's always been one of my heroes. So, yeah. I mean. He just seems like a yeah. really cool guy. Oh, man. You know, when you talk about soul, <laughs> that guy has it just flowing out of him, man. That guy, every note he plays is drenched yeah. in soul. That guy's just such a great player, and he can play the simplest thing and make it just sink into your heart, man. The guy's amazing. Yeah, I love his playing. Always have. You too, probably. I'm sure. Man. Oh yeah. You know, have you got Benson stories? Have you well, met Benson? I mean, we have hung out with him from time to time, all yeah. the way back, and have spent time listening to him. And I would say he's one of my biggest influences on the guitar. And I totally agree how soulful he is and how natural he is, but I also want to state that technically he's also oh, otherworldly. He's yeah. just yeah. he operates on another planet from the rest well, of us. Now, yeah. A guy like Benson, I don't know. He's uh, how did a guy like Benson get that good? Like, was he was he, he played all the? I mean, first of all, he was a child prodigy of sorts. He he played on the streets in Pittsburgh as little Georgie Benson and would sing and dance and play. Yeah, I mean, he was an entertainer. The whole thing, whole right. package at a very young age. I heard young as five, but, you know, definitely as a young guy. And then he got those gigs. And I, I remember I heard stories of him laying on top of the Leslie when he was on the road with the Macduff band on the road, just playing hours and hours and hours while they're driving to the next gig. You know, I've, you're hearing a guy who's got gobs of natural talent. Yeah. Gobs of natural talent. I mean, too much, unfair yeah. compared to the rest of us. Then a guy who's done so much shedding that it's otherworldly. Like Charlie Parker in many ways. Yeah. I mean, Bird was not only immensely talented. The guy, you know, 15 hours a day of playing was nothing. Wow. And so you, you start marrying that kind of soulfulness and natural ability with all the homework. And you end up with a George Benson. You know, one of the, the, the things I remember was amazing. I had heard so many of the George Benson albums and I've heard the Benson and Farrell, remember that one? Sure. And, and, you know, he basically stuck to a traditional kind of music. Standards, bluesy stuff, you know, nothing really that weird. You know, very, very traditional uh, library of music that he was playing. Um but I heard him on this, I was playing with Jean-Luc Ponty, and I had to learn this song uh, that was on one of Jean-Luc's records that Benson played on. 
And Jean-Luc, you know, he could write some pretty cool stuff. And he, this one tune, talk about some wild changes. I mean, we're talking Wayne Shorter-ish type of changes where there's no two fives, there's no diatonic, this stuff. It's very angular. And the changes are going all over the place and they're very weird. And George played a solo on this tune, probably reading a chart, no doubt right because this is Jean-Luc's original music and he nailed those changes like I mean he found such cool melodies through those really weird chords and I'm going how in the hell can I top this how am I gonna play a solo I'll never play a solo this good you know on stage but that that was one of the main challenges for me in Jean-Luc's band to play that tune wow. that George had played because yeah. wow that solo on the record is phenomenal <clears throat> And, and it wasn't traditional. It, yep. So it made me think that, okay, here's a guy. He, he's not just a traditional guitar player. This guy can play some wild shit. If you throw it at him, he can play anything. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he's an incredible guy. You know, there's, there's, there's people in your life that influence you. And then there's a handful of people, I guess you could say, that really really mm. really influence mm. you. I mean to the point of changing the way you hear yeah okay there's influence yeah you like that yeah that you're playing influence you know yeah you take that in but then there's the guys who literally change the way you hear your instrument your music your place in the music mm -hmm. and and with George I heard him a lot because the club Keystone Corner when I was growing up in San Francisco, I'd go there every night. And George was there usually about every couple months. He'd be coming through with his band, heard lots of different configurations, and went in it in through the time when he got famous with the Breezen record, and um, and he was involved with Todd, and somehow because of Todd Todd Barkin, the owner of Keystone Corner, who does a lot of stuff in New York now. Um, he he was somehow instrumental in helping George get with Warner Brothers somehow, and, it, and there was some special little thing where George came back this one Monday night. It was totally unadvertised. He was going to have a concert at Keystone Corner again, but of course he was so famous by then that he couldn't. I mean, he was playing the Greek theater and stuff. He was playing huge places, but Todd worked out some way that he had to play there as part of this finder's fee. Or so. I don't know what mm -hmm. it was. George would tell you the real thing. and. Of course, I got invited to go mm -hmm. to this concert, and I heard it, and I, I snuck, I sneakingly recorded it on one of those old tape cassette machines. And I remember sitting in there, and I even at that time I was playing super fast bebop and stuff, you know. And George, just, like went supersonic. I mean, pretty much the whole night long, he was playing. Like, I can go up to Mach 2. And George was playing at Mach 4. <laughs> the whole night long. And with ease. Wow. And, the, and it, it, it changed. It literally mm -hmm. changed the way I hear, the way I think about music for the rest of my life. He just had moved into another place yet again mm -hmm. and made me aware of a place on the instrument that I didn't know existed. And... Uh, Forever, I'll be indebted for that. Wow, that's really I have, cool. I have one last stupid story that I have to say that there's, there's, you know, when you first start learning guitar, uh, learning a style, like I remember when I was first learning how to play jazz, 
and I had to learn how to play through two five ones. And we were talking about that today with the students about how you have to resolve those notes. You know, have to resolve the altered scale to the to a good chord tone on the beginning of the measure of the one chord. And I have to say, there's at least twenty licks that in my vocabulary that came from George Benson. And a lot of times when I show students a good good line through two five ones, those are George's licks that I still know from when I was a kid, you know, because they're still part of my vocabulary. Don't worry, right? George you know? got them from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. But I'm just saying. Yeah, sure. And I hope George sure. hears this. Sure. And I know George. And I assume George knows how much I love him. But yes, there's not much new. I mean, mm. West. You know, sure, of course. Covered it, but I got him from George. Lester, before that bird covered it, <laughs> I got him from George. Exactly, and before and when, that Lester Young covered right. it. Right, but when people ask me where where'd that lick come from, and I go, well, that's a George Benson lick. I remember one of them goes, da 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 da. I played that so many times. Like I've played that way too many times. <laughs> you probably played more Benson. than George Benson. Did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and that's a George Benson lick, and it's like, well, that's been in my vocabulary forever, and I got. It. Yeah, he's just well. You can't say enough good things about that guy. Right. So okay, somebody else. Somebody else that sucks. Like, can we so get? Can we get? Can we get George on the show? I think we should. Actually, we should. I'm sure. I wish we could. I'll try and invite him. That'd be yeah, great. That'd I'd be love great. to have him. I mean, I definitely yeah. will uh, try and figure out a way to get. Uh, I'll call. Who's your next? Who's your next guy? My next guy. Um, oh, there's so many. Um, do you want you want a good guy or you want a bad guy? No, it, is, it doesn't matter. Just right. whoever. Good guy or a bad guy? What's a bad guy? I, I, I don't know. I Ted Nugent. To... <laughs> yeah. Ted well, Let me well, talk Scott, about that cocksucker for a while. In politics with Ted Nugent. They get along on those, but I don't think you oh, like yeah. his playing, right? Yeah. Well, we you like we, we do believe in this politically. We're right aligned perfectly, but I don't like his playing. <laughs> I did see. I, I believe in open carry for guitars. I right. think I've stated that on <laughs> the show. For guitars, definitely. Yeah. I saw Nugent yeah. at Nam two years ago, and I sat front row for his, his rants and that. And yeah, the shit he was saying is just... Was he ranting politics? You know, I got a, yeah, you he know, was like, let's is, just shoot Obama. He is, was crazy shit. Yeah, there is no doubt that he's a human piece of shit. Yeah, he is. But let's talk about his guitar play. But he did do something which let's I'd never seen. Let's talk about his guitar play. <laughs> let's talk about his guitar play. I did do something that he did. I'd never seen another guitar player pull it off as well. He played slide with no slide. That was pretty impressive. How, you, did, slide how did he do that? Slide? He, he was what, fake he sliding penis? with no slide, no. and it I was like I didn't think his penis was big enough to do that. <laughs> I'm sure. it was it was incredible. I was like, "How's he doing that?" And he was showing it off and that, but he had he could make well, it sound like a slide, but he didn't have a slide. It was well, I'm more than impressed right now. That was <laughs> <laughs> if he if he had done it with his little penis, that would have made me more impressed. All right, let's choose. He's absolutely else. one of the worst guitar players who calls himself a pro that there ever yeah. has been. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Really? really? Terrible fucking okay. player. I'll take over. The, a lot of these guys, I, yeah. I got to admit, I kind of hear the music and hear their playing, and I can't get too much past it. I, I mean, yeah. I, I have too much respect for my own personal time to go down those roads. And no no <laughs> yeah. offense. you know. No, I mean, no, but not that it's not good. I just don't like it. So why? No. Would I, yeah. why no. I mean, like, I have to go to the dentist every couple times a year. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have to listen to this shit. Nobody's <laughs> holding my gun to my fucking head. <laughs> 
All right. I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Enough about that. But yeah, you know, just to say, when you're a rock player, he'd be one of the guys that you would kind of have to check out because his name's on the list. Yeah. Like I, how his name got on the list is anybody's guess, but his well, name is politics, on the list. Probably yeah. they're yeah, all I, afraid of yeah. him because I've got never so many thought guns. of him as a great yeah. guitar player. He's got anyway. so many guns, you yeah. better put him on the list. Yeah. You don't right. want him pissed off. Right. Exactly. All right. Um... Who else will be? But got he did here? play a hollow body, right? Yeah, he did. He yeah. did play a hollow. Well, there body. you go. You see, that's got to yeah. give him. And he loved Charlie Parker. You see, <laughs> there you go. What? <laughs> Chet uh, <laughs> Chet Atkins. Oh man. Man. Just another innovator. You keep bringing up these. I don't innovators. know what else to say. It's, it's easy. It's you easy. guys should be. I think it'd be more fun if you guys said okay. guitarist to me and yeah, I talked right. about let's, it. Let's do yeah, that. Let's okay, go. Troy. Let's go. Chet, we we can hands down. Chet Aker. Chet, Chet Aker. Innovator. Chet, Chet Aker. Green Aker. Chet, Chet Atkins. No, he was great. He was an innovator. Actually, I love the story of when he was on a cruise. His wife talked him into going on a cruise. Right. Because uh, I guess all he ever did was play and produce, you know, and so they went on this cruise and they agreed he wouldn't, you know, no gigs, they'd just they'd be Mr. and Mrs. Atkins, and he would, Mr. Atkins, and they'd drive or whatever, they'd do their thing, and so he's hanging out, you know, he doesn't even have a guitar, and there's a guitar on the boat, and he just happens to sit down and, you know, start playing, um, he's sitting on some chaise lounge, you know, and playing, and some guy walks by and listens to him for a while. And the guy, you know, he finishes playing, he puts the guitar down, the guy goes to him and says, you know, you're pretty good. And the guy goes, this check goes, thanks. He goes, he means, you're no Chet Atkins. Or <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, you know, oh. and we have to just, there's a really great, cool TV show that's probably on YouTube now. I have a cassette of it somewhere, which I'll never be able to find. It's probably deteriorating. Of a TV show with Chet Atkins, George Benson, and Earl Clue. Ooh. And I recall them playing Cherokee together. So that's something to probably, for those of you who are interested in hearing what that might have sounded yeah. like. Well, Man, check I, it out. I've never seen him live. I just saw him on TV a ton of times. Yeah. And had some records. Yeah. And just, you know, for somebody like me, that's just pl that kind of playing is just beyond anything I could even try to do because I've never been a fingerstyle player. But when you listen to him and you go, wait a minute, how's he doing that? Nobody mm. else can do that. And now that I know more about the guitar and that I've seen that kind of playing live and right next to me, now I see how it's done, but then I realize that he did it first. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy that kind of... Right, they're all copying every, like everybody everybody's copying him. Yeah, that's you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, you can tell that Tommy Emmanuel was a big Chet Atkins fan. So is, an, again, uh, Philip Degree. Yeah. Same thing. And they've a taken it another of, place. Uh, yeah, they just it's, it's the beauty of music. Built you know? on that vocabulary. Other than people like us who just sit and be highly derivative and unoriginal. <laughs> um, I made a career out of it. You know, you know, some guys are out there actually pushing the envelope. We we're just we're just sitting back here safe and getting I'm licking envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just don't want to give up my paper route, you know. <laughs> actually some of my envelopes have those little things that you just tear oh, it yeah, off. The peel and off. Oh yeah, That's you don't even have to lick it. Yeah. Those, I don't even have to lick don't it. Don't lick those, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Whatever you Okay, Troy. Uh, I got we're gonna ask you now. Okay, ask me. Troy, we're gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask uh, Carlos Santana. Uh, well, I can say it because I don't. I just don't like Carlos Santana. I heard he's a, a a beautiful guy. He's a great guy, but 
He just sounds out out of tune to me all the time. I'm sorry. He just. Well, you're totally entitled to your opinion. <laughs> my 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 favorite Carlos Santana is is actually on an album called, um, well, Abraxas, and another one called Caravanserai. Mm-hmm. And those are my two favorite albums. Uh, Carlos plays a solo on a song called "Song Song of the Wind," and I believe the whole song is basically just C major seven to F major seven and back and forth. And he plays one of the most beautiful solos. It inspired me for years, and it's a really beautiful solo. It's just kind of a bluesy rock kind of solo, but very melodic, sort of somewhere in between the major scale and pentatonic. And it's just super melodic and great tone, and that's one of the most amazing his solos. His earlier that stuff he's was a lot done. His yeah. earlier stuff was a lot better. I love his earlier stuff right. very much, yeah. and and um, and I I'm not really a big fan of what he's doing now because I'm just not really that big of a pop fan, and now he's doing pop, so I'm not really as much into him as I used to be. But you know, those yeah. old records, some of those records were very cool. Uh, th- those songs. You know, uh, there was one song, and then he plays a really nice Dorian-type solo, almost jazzy on that 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 song, and it's nice, really well, nice Dorian's phrasing. jazzy, everybody knows Dorian. But you know what I mean? It's a, for the, for a rock thing. If you play Dorian, it's jazzy. Part, all the best right? parts of jazz, Dorian. Right, Dorian. <laughs> Right, but you know, in in that context, if you play a Dorian scale, you were considered being jazzy, jazzy right. back then yeah, yeah. in the '60s. You know, so so so, and he was one of the first rock guitar players to play those kind of little Dorian kind of things and put them in rock, mm. and using the ninth instead of you know just those kind of little things, and it's a beautiful soul. I wish I could play it for you right now because I, I, you you'd go wow. That's a great solo. See, I just probably have, yeah. I've just these newer stuff. I just don't dig. All right, I got yeah. a guitarist for you guys, Brian Setzer. I have to say, I don't know much about his playing. I I, I haven't heard him that much. I like Brian Setzer. I, I love. Think Brian, Brian. I think Brian's great. I think uh, personality. He's, he's, the whole the whole rockabilly thing he did was great. He's a great swing player. He's a great musician. He's a great band leader. He's got great guys in his band. He's got great taste in that. Puts on a hell of a show. Um, you know, through the lens of being a straight-ahead jazz player, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if he could, but mm. I don't know. But just being a guy who plays Western Swing and kind of leans into rockabilly from time to time, Brian is a machine. I yeah. mean, he could, he with, with a really small rockabilly-style band, you know, the upright bass and just the snare drum... And a symbol kind yeah. of. Yeah. He, he, he can just, it's like a machine and a railroad train. I think, I think, and you know, that big band thing he does at the holidays, mm. um, he really leads the band well. Those He plays in that situation great. I have very much respect for him personally. Yeah, I love, I love Brian. I love him because he's such a personality. He's, yeah, I did, you know, at first, I got to admit, I, bristled at it when I first heard it back in the early days when he was like the Stray Cats and it was just kind of oh yeah rockabilly big deal you know and 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 I think a lot of his um, records were kind of meant to be commercial trying to reintroduce rockabilly to the world 
but I don't think that that was really an accurate representation of everything he had going for him. And that's why I kind of reacted maybe a little bit less than, oh, that, this again, you mm -hmm. know, is was kind right. of my feeling. When I'm sure if I'd have gone to hear him live, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. If I'd have gone to hear him live, I would have gone, oh, I would have known then what I know now. Yeah. Because yeah. I play with some of the guys who play with him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they, they actually sub in my band Cow Bop and stuff. And, uh, yeah, Brian's, Brian's special. Yeah, I love, I love Brian. Yeah. Um, Charlie Christian. Wow. Okay. You got to understand, I mean, as much as we talked about Lenny Bro, you got to kind of almost say that again and even magnify it for Charlie Christian, simply because here's a guy, the electric guitar really didn't even exist in, at all when he started playing it. And, and he brought that sound to the world and made it start to blend. And it really changed the way he played. And you, you know, the, the equipment he played with that Charlie Christian style pickup, those kind of amps that they had back then. And the kind of sound the guitar gave and the way he made it work within the ensemble, Benny Goodman's, you know, small band. His way of, of blending blues, swing, and what became the beginnings of bebop yeah. into his playing. Literally, I don't think there's a note that a person like Scott or I could play that doesn't have some of the DNA of Charlie Christian in it. That's a heavy thought when you, when you really think about it that way. He was brilliant. He, had a, he lived a very short time. He died in his 20s. Really? Yeah, and still had a you know had a fairly and grew. If you listen to his and there's a great book coming out. A guitar player named Chip Henderson has done a really extensive research of him, and it's going to be coming out soon. Shout out to Chip. He's really a great guitar player in Nashville, uh, where he kind of chronologically analyzed a lot of his music. Which is pretty easy to do. I think he had about an eight-year career, and or seven-year career, and how his playing changed, and how much growth, and where he was going with it in just that amount of time at that time in history when he was already an innovator. Amazing. I mean, when you think in terms of that, we don't, as humans, come across a lot of people. A lot of it's not just brilliance. A lot of it's timing. If any one of us might have been in that place where an electric guitar got put in our hands and no one really ever played that instrument before, you know, the kind of influence one of us might have simply because of the, just like Scott and his VHS, IF, RBT stuff he's doing. What's that? <laughs> what what, you know, what I mean, now? All, all that stuff he's doing, that's super innovative, maybe 20 years from now. But what everybody now? will be looking back and saying, oh, Scott, wow, Scott was just... You know, like he's like the Charlie Christian of the early 21st century, yeah. who like gave us all this... Who what now? See, you should be paying attention. I'm, I'm trying to say something nice <laughs> about you. <laughs> What's he talking about? His fucking iPhone, man. I'm going to take that thing and What's I'm going to flush it What's he talking about? Man. He's talking about something. I I'm don't know what it is. You. you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, that's that's so heavy. I mean, who he was and what he did. And there's was, just no was, taking away. I mean, not that he was the only great guitar player around. There were a million great guitar players back then. I can name, you know, you have the whole lineage of Eddie Lang and Carl Kress and Dick McDonough. Donna playing great at that time. You have, uh, 
you know, the Western swing guys playing at that time. You, you know, you, but Charlie was the guy who emerged with mm. the electric guitar out of that whole thing to find a new place for the instrument. Now, Wes, where does Wes fit? He's after Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. You meant Wes? Wes. Well, I, I like to say... What? <laughs> you mean Wheat Thins? Or Wheeze? 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 I didn't thins? realize he was Why asthmatic. did you say Wheat Thins instead of Wheat Thins? No. Uh, I said Wes. You said Wheeze. Uh, uh, Wheeze? Yeah, Wes. 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 Um, no, I'm just giving you a hard uh, <laughs> Stupid Aussie. <laughs> I expect nothing. No, Wes, Wes was way later than Charlie Christian, but he did, obviously, <laughs> cite... Charlie Christian is one of his main influences, and uh, and West was much later. Yeah, you know, I mean, much later, twenty, fifteen, ten, you know, between ten and twenty years later, music had changed a lot back then. Jazz had kind of finally emerged as this branch that was no longer popular. You know, I mean, back when back when Benny Goodman and Charlie Christian were playing, swing music was pop music. Yeah. And Benny Goodman was the king of swing. So he was a very big... I mean, he had a, his small band maybe wasn't as popular as... So he was like band. the Taylor Swift of his time. Yeah, you could say that. It was Kanye West. <laughs> I hear he, his personality was about like Kanye West. But... Um, <laughs> no, uh, not Charlie, Benny. Uh, but, you know, they were pop stars in, in their way. They were big stars. And, they, you know, and Bing Crosby recorded with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of thing. And... And then the small band was more jazzy and not as popular, but it, it was right at that moment where jazz became that offshoot of less popular music, and pop music went another direction. And uh, and, I, we, and West, but West was you know really strong in that bebop period, the post bop period. It was kind of the hard bop and the after bebop period. And then West, of course, reemerged in the commercial side later. His, oct- his sound of his octaves and his just his beautiful tone and his melodicism made him really great for the producers, you know, to... Creed Taylor found him and kind of had him playing, you know, pop tunes that the rock bands were playing in the early 60s. You know, Charlie Christian was the 20s and 30s, right? Yeah. No, 30s, I mean. And, uh, and West was like 50s, 60s. So that's a good 20 years later. And, and West adapted his style he was kind of like george benson very much the same you know jazz player for a long time and then got introduced to the popular people and had that signature sound and they crafted a real pop thing for him and he became very successful and west died very young too yeah how did west die well he just died in his 40s i think he had cancer or something i'm not quite sure i mean i'm, I'm maybe showing my Lack of, I'm not a historian. I'm just a guy who loves the guitar, you know. So I'm not one of those jazz guitar players who can tell you every year somebody did something or how they died or who were they what they're hooking drunk, up with, you know, who they hooked up with. It's like not really that important to me. Um, Scott, you haven't said anything. In a well, I, I honestly haven't. I mean, I've heard Charlie Christian, but not nearly as much as I've heard Wes, you know, or those that, that. You know, I I really have not, it's not one of those guitar players that I've listened to a lot, but I know the the history, the legacy and all that stuff. And I hear everyone talk about him and then I've, I've heard him and I go, yeah, wow. But then I have to say, when I hear Wes, 
I, I go, oh my God, it's a different kind of thing. He probably was a big innovator, but my favorite of that era is Wes. Well, you know, they're so not of the same era. They're not, they're not, I guess. They're not. But not me in being, any way. Me being not as much, uh, have not as uh, studied as the, the, you know, the first era of right, traditional right. jazz guitar yeah, as you know, much it's as okay. you have, it's aesthetic. Too. I don't know. If you don't, don't like know. it, it's, yeah. I mean, no, I'm not much, saying I don't know. like it. Well, you know, it's as just, much, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't call to you. If you, if yeah. you, you know, if it was something you'd hear it once and you'd go, oh my God, I got to find out more about this. Or, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I like this. It's cool. And I recognize right. how great it is. But I, I mean, the same with me. When I hear a lot of fusion or rock, you know, it's like, I hear it. I'm no fool. I know how great it is. <laughs> you know, I'm not a dummy. Well, I'm. You, I, mean, I may appear that way, but I'm, <laughs> I'm probably a lot smarter than I look, and then, uh, and I, and I act, but uh, I rec- but I don't just gravitate to it, so I don't feel like I'm qualified to make anything more than just slight personal judgments, mm. you know. Yeah. No, it's just one of the one of the ones that I haven't heard as much as I've heard, uh, you know, of course Joe Pass and Wes Montgomery and George Benson and. You could, I could probably name a lot more of those guys that I've heard and listened to quite a bit. And Charlie Christian wasn't one of them because I guess by the time I started listening to jazz, Schofield was already on the scene. And I and 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 I remember Schofield was one of the first jazz guitar players that I ever heard. Really, maybe him and Pat Martino, and because Joyous Lake came out around the time I was starting to get into jazz, and I go, wow, this guy's a this this is this is jazz, huh? Did you like <laughs> it? Well, it wasn't really my thing at the time. I like it more now than I did then. You know, to tell you the truth, I didn't like jazz guitar when I first heard it. Uh, it grew on me, but it 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 uh, it, it's it sort of contagious, isn't it? Yeah, it's contagious. Now I love jazz guitar, but when I first heard it, I just couldn't relate to it because more what I was listening to was more rock guitarists with a rock tone. So almost listening to a jazz guitar player was almost like listening to a piano player for me. It's like where's the where's the where's the the oomph? Where's the where's the beef? You know. Then I started hearing it in a different way. When I started studying it, then I really started liking it. Now I love jazz guitar, but it, it was just one of those things that I wasn't grow. It, it wasn't in my roots. My roots are in rock. Yeah. And so uh, when I heard some of these jazz guitars, like say if I heard Charlie Christian at the time I was first studying, he wouldn't have nearly had the impact on me that Schofield had or George Benson or Wes Montgomery, you know. But especially Schofield because Schofield was actually, he's actually an innovator too. Most people don't see John Schofield as as such an innovator, but he really was because he was really the first jazz guitar player to use a rock tone well, and I mean well. That's what. And when I say not an innovator, there are plenty of guys who used jazz guitar players who used a rock tone, but not well. And he used it well. He had a real tone that he could be in the arena with any rock guitar player and hold his own with a great rock tone. Mm. And um, especially on the Billy Cobham. George Duke live record where he was playing a pretty gainy tone and playing those beautiful lines and he's one of the first he's the only jazz guitar player that had done that Um, and you can't count those other guys because they were playing those jazz lines but with really shitty tone 
and John was like doing it with a lot of finesse and you could tell that he had come up through some blues playing and some rock playing and he's an innovator yeah so when I heard him I was like wow I, if I'm gonna play jazz um, I don't want to I don't want to just give up everything I've been from when I started playing to now and all of a sudden sell my strat and buy a hollow body I'm gonna keep my tone because that's who I am but I will learn some new vocabulary and that's it oh cuz yeah it's, it's almost like I hear the opposite really uh, no, I mean, I love Sko, uh -huh. and, but what I hear in Sko is a guy, you know, I, of course I hear the rock tone mm -hmm. you're saying about, and it's really gnarly and raspy and very particular to him. Mm -hmm. but what I love about him is he has invented his own vocabulary for jazz. Yeah, I don't I'd hear agree. him playing anything that I would call jazz vocabulary, yet it works in jazz. I mean, he knows jazz vocabulary, but really... It's kind of like Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk was a bebop piano player. Yet, listen to everybody playing bebop, and then listen to what Thelonious Monk plays. Right. It's as if they're speaking a different language. True. They work very well together, because the music allows for that kind of personal expression and freedom. But, in fact, the language that these guys are speaking, like Bud Powell was speaking the language of Bird and Dizzy and mm -hmm. all those guys, Monk was not, and yet he was there. Well, you fast forward to jazz of the time of John Schofield, now mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. Sko has his own vocabulary that works in the context of jazz today, mm -hmm. but it's as if he's speaking a different language than everybody else, but it works at the but, same time. And to me, that's about the highest compliment I think I could give yeah, anybody. But I have to I have to disagree on one point. I think that he has that unique vocabulary, but I think it's built on still some very traditional jazz ideas. Like when I hear him play, um, what I think the, re the, the reason you say that is, is that when you hear John play his original music, the music itself dictates what kind of thing he's going to play in that music, and a lot of the chord changes are not traditional. But when you listen to John play standards, well, like I heard I him play, many times. yeah, and I, I hear I hear him playing Donna Lee. I have a video of him playing Donna Lee, and I hear Charlie Parker. I hear a lot of lines that came from that era. From yeah, but from, I, I hear know. yeah, but I mean, I hear him almost more in the context of Monk, in that the rhythmic well, okay. the rhythmic sequence. Yeah. The angularity of it. It is angular, and, yes. And, you know, and that was not Bird. Bird was not right. angular in that way. Right. And so, to me, here's a guy who's just kind of, in, you know, of course he's taken from Bird, and of course he's right. taken from Wes, yeah. and of course he's taken That's from John Pass. That's I, all I'm saying. And I hear that, yeah. but he, he really, when you hear him play, regardless of whether it's, you know, I heard him, I actually was playing with Joe Henderson, and he played with Joe Henderson. We were both playing with Joe mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... The way he played with them and the way I, I mean, it was just like, wow, this guy had this other language. Yeah, We're both playing yeah, the same sure, music. Sure. And, and I agree that he is, he's not just an invader because of his tone, but he did, yeah. he has really created a and, voice. And, and to, to me, that's like the highest compliment yeah. I can give, regardless of whether I like it or don't. It, that's like the kind of compliment where you, you hear mm -hmm. certain people, you say, wow. They developed their own own thing, and 
and it's working for her. Well, it's, one of the, it's just a coincidence, but today I got asked a message uh, on my message board. Someone asked me, "What's your take on hollow body guitars?" <laughs> kind of a crazy question, but I just said. I think they, it's they more about better than yeah they float better right <laughs> yeah, they, yeah 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 I would grab onto one of those if I was uh, sinking in the ocean before I would grab my strat yeah <laughs> but but you know but my answer was of course it's more about the guy than the guitar yeah. but but I did mention I said you know I like the hollow body I like what uh, I mentioned Bruce that uh, you know that some some hollow body players get a pretty dark muddy type of tone where when they play that's some voicings I can't me. really <laughs> yeah. hear. Yeah, that's why I mentioned Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did mention Bruce. I, get, I gave him a very nice compliment and I said, you know, uh, Bruce's tone is very screechy and metally and metallic <laughs> so I can hear. <laughs> and when he does that two-handed well, yeah, tapping yeah, shit. Joe, <laughs> Joe Pass loaned me his chorus pedal. That must have been right. <laughs> No, I said Bruce has a really nice you know, a nice amount of treble on the guitar where you, you hear the beautiful tone of the instrument. It's not so masked and muddied up. Mm. And even when he plays really low chord voicings, you can clearly hear all the notes. And then I just mentioned, I said, I'm not really a big fan of the 335 type of sound because it's very difficult to play it and not sound like Schofield because he's developed such a voice on it mm. that I just know that when I pick up a 335 and start playing any kind of jazz, it sounds like Sco. What about so Cal? Uh, sorry, Larry. Larry. Well, Car no, that's Carlton. a whole different thing. Different and I, but I did. But I did. You know, uh, also say that there are a few guys who play three thirty fives, and there are probably quite a few that have really developed their own voice on a three thirty five. And Larry would be one of them for sure. And I can. And Steve Cardenas is another one. And there's some other guys that really have a distinct voice on a three thirty five. But me, if I picked up a three thirty five, all I can think of. Wait a minute. This is what John Schofield sounds like. I, I I would just immediately drop the guitar because I'm just not. I I can't. And for some reason, on a Strat. So many different Strat sounds have come out of Stratocasters that I just, you know, you I can name 20 Strat players and they all sound completely different from each other. Mm. And I hope I'm one of them. I hope I'm a guy that plays a Strat that doesn't sound like anybody else that plays a Strat. That's the I. That's the that's the hope. Well, with all your VF and RH and them, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. you know, you got all that QP oh, shit. Going that's what there. I'm hoping, man. If I do enough of the QP and BM, I really like BM. That's my favorite one. Or BS. Well, that's the shit, you know, yeah. like BS is my main thing. I've pretty much built my career from BS. I'm hoping I can have an original sound on a Strat after so. So many Strat players before me mm. have done a similar thing, you know. Though I have to say that what I'm doing on a Strat is a little bit different because of the harmony, you know, in rock. Mm. You know, I'm kind of taking blues and putting some other weird chords to it. So that's my own little take on the blues. And that's what sets me apart, I guess, from most blues players. Is there's, there's, more, there's more harmony in the music. than. But as a jazz player, how many jazz players are playing a Strat? Not that many that who I is, can think of. Who is of. the most famous jazz player playing a strap? Me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys play the telly. A lot of, a lot guys, of them play the and telly. Now, now that's the new thing. I mean, part of, 
Part of me, I'll be honest with you, part of me wants to play a Strat or a Tele just because I'm tired of carrying around an L5 through airports. He's just jealous. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> jealous. Yeah, okay, jealous. And I think tired of doing it is pretty much the truth, too. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell Honestly, you, I Bruce do. Honestly, Bruce No, and I lust, yeah. I lust for the clarity of the low E string on those instruments, particularly the Tele. They're pretty cool. The low E on a Tele... Let's face it. You want to borrow mine? Yeah, but I mean, I want the top five strings on my guitar. I just want the low E of the tail. Who else plays jazz on strats? I you can't, know, I'm trying to think right now. You know that Joe Pass gray one where he's playing the yeah. jazz master? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tiny sent me But who really done. is, who's playing jazz on strats? I can't think of, Wayne Krantz plays a strats. So he plays strats and he's, he's a jazz player. Yeah. Um, but who could, what guy? Osnoy. Osnoy. Osnoy plays jazz on a strat. Uh, but again, that's, you know, it's very heavily rock influenced. Yeah, I, it's not I, straight I mean, ahead jazz. No, what it, no. But a lot of guys are playing straight ahead on a telly. Yeah, that's and true. And always have. More right, than so on a strat. What was Joe doing sure. on a jazz master? Well, that was just the guitar he had at the time. I mean, again, I, I did he say he was care. apathetic. He yeah. took whatever he. And, and I mean, once I said, hey, Joe, you know, is it like, what's happening here? Is it because, is it ignorance or is it apathy? I said to him. And Joe said, let's face it, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> I can imagine, <laughs> seriously, I can imagine you guys with Joe Pass. That would be a fun time, I imagine. Oh, man. What but a fun guy to hang know, out with. So Telly's sort of the guitar du jour now of jazz. Kind of is. Ted Green sounded beautiful well, on Ted Green, Ted of course, Green. did it. You know, mm -hmm. and Ed Bickert was brilliant player totally on it. Totally great. And, and, but now, look, you've got Frizzell. He kind of started it. Mm -hmm. Julian Lodge plays one now. And, and Stern has always played one. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I mean, it's, it's become the jazz guitar. That's, that's yep. probably why I won't play a telly ever. It's because everybody's playing one now. And let's face yeah, it. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm always either an early adopter or a late adopter. <laughs> I don't want to, I'd rather be early. Let them all come back to the L5. I'll be here when they're. It's amazing you just named all those names and it didn't even hit me until right now how many jazz players play tellies. There are quite a few. But who's playing strats? Yeah. I can't think of that many straight ahead guys playing strats. I can't think Bruce, of one right you've now. You've got the, dude, you've got the Maybe whole I should thing. Do it, huh? Yeah. You're it. Yeah, you might be it. You might get an endorsement. Do it, yeah. I, I, Should I, can I, I, can you get me a deal with Sewer? Of course I can. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's ladies and gentlemen, double, right, right here now. They'll charge there me double. Bruce Foreman. <laughs> yeah, they'll charge you double. <laughs> if I Gibson, hello Fender. Yeah. yeah. See, what what about, all right, what about I throw a guy like like Mark Knopfler at you guys? Honestly, I gotta go to the I've, bathroom. I've never heard him in my life. Mark Knopfler. Don't know. Dire him. Straits. I, I've never, never, I just don't know him. I just don't, oh, I ne don't know. The now, I'm a huge Knopfler, because he's yeah. just, he's more about the song, and uh -huh. he's not a straight ahead I'm jazz not guy saying I like don't that. like him, it's just no. I haven't heard enough of his music yeah. to give an opinion. To me, I just, I love yeah. his tone. I'm a, yeah. I love his I'm more of a Jeff, Jeff Beck fan. I like guy? Jeff Beck a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, he I think was he known for Strat, strat. yeah. Well, I've heard some of the stuff that he did. He I mean, did have really the swing nice was such a great. That was such a great song uh -huh. to me. That was yeah. a, a good pop song, good yeah. pop rock song. I guess. It, I well, guess he was why more. Why did he call it Sultans of Swing then? If it's a pop song, <laughs> how come he didn't call it Sultans of Pop? I, really? Answer me. <laughs> I'm trying to get this here. Help me out. Hank Marvin. Little, what about Hank Marvin? Hank Marvin's great. Um, I don't know him either that much. 
Ask well, me another one while Bruce is going into the bathroom. Ask Did me another one. Did you take it one. off? <laughs> ask, ask me one while Bruce is going to the bathroom. Um, and, and maybe we can hear him peeing while I talk. <laughs> he shut the door. <laughs> you know I'm not cutting this out. Um, Bruce is peeing. You know what? I'll tell you something. It's funny. Bruce has a really small bladder because when he pees, he's only in there for like five seconds that he comes out, but he goes in there all the time. <laughs> His bladder is like the size of a peanut. <laughs> all right. I've got one for you. Um, uh, Bruce Foreman. Man, well, I'll talk about Bruce. I'll talk about Bruce, man. I, no, I don't know. Hey, Bruce, should I kiss your ass on, on the podcast? Don't talk about my bladder. <laughs> you guys are laughing, but I'm not taking any of this shit out. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll talk about Bruce, man. Bruce, Bruce is actually one of my favorite jazz players, man. I mean, he really is. Not just because he's oh, in that's the, what he's been just playing. He's, not just because he's in there pissing right now, but but you know, from the first time we played together at school, I was like, here's a guy who's playing jazz, but not with all that. Uh, it's just more modern, you know. It's not. I mean, I mean, some guys. I guess I. It's all compared to what some guys would call. Bruce, a traditional jazz guitarist, but I don't really see that as much. I see that he's way more rhythmic. Mm. He has way lot, lot more rhythmic ideas, and just the way he communicates with the other members of the band when he plays, I see him as a very, very, very uh, conversational musician. And that's what I, those are my favorite kind of musicians, are the musicians that really know how to relate to the people they're playing with and play these great melodic ideas. And then if you don't want to talk about sheer chops, the stuff that Bruce can do with chords is quite amazing. I mean, I, 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 mean, yeah. I, I really don't know anybody that has that kind of control and, and, and finesse with chords. He can play chords faster than I can play single no lines. I mean, it's just the chops are yeah. unbelievable. You know, so there's the wow factor there. But, you know, when you get the, wire f the wow factor and the musical factor in the same package, you had a great player. And I, that's how I feel about Bruce, even though I think he's a total prick. <laughs> well, one thing I can say about Bruce Foreman, he's the best guitar player in the world in his price range. Yeah. <laughs> Would I want him to play at my wedding? Fuck no, I no, never. Of course I'd not. fucking hire Eddie Van Halen any day before this fucking guy. <laughs> but still, he's really good though. Oh, he wants a free meal and yeah. he, he just demands a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> he's a very demanding guy. Yeah. But, but he's for good. a guy that you just plug straight in, you do pull some pretty badass tone. I gotta say, it's yeah, just, he's got great tone. That's another always, thing. It always good stands tone. out. It stands out. Good and tone. It's, yeah. The, the thing I definitely like about Bruce's playing is, it's a lot of straight ahead jazz guys. It sounds like listening to the wave radio stations. It just <laughs> no. it does put you to sleep. But Bruce I like is, Bruce because he's. He's pushing it, yeah. and it's edgy. Bruce is what you would call a fiery guitar player. Yeah. He's not. He's not gonna put you to sleep. And, and, there, uh, and there's humor in my playing. There is humor, yeah, and I love humor. that because, because let's face it, I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, and but I realized I was getting more laughs with my guitar playing. <laughs> <laughs> there are. I have. I have my favorite guitar pl 
jazz guitar players. Bruce is one of them. I really like Kurt Rosenwinkel's playing a lot, the modern guys. Mm -hmm. Schofield's great. Matheny's great. And of course, you know, like, uh, you know, what can you say about that? They're all just, you know, great musicians. So uh, those are the my favorite jazz guitar players, I think, and, and of the new guys. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's, you know, Wes and George Benson and all, all those all those guys but but um who is yeah the, man who are the biggest pricks you guys have worked with well wait we got to talk about scott henderson <laughs> no you don't <laughs> need to talk about me yeah, i'm not worth talking, talking about, about man just because i'm in worth, the fucking bathroom you're right that's fair enough <laughs> jesus christ okay <laughs> I, I don't have to pee i hey, don't but, have to pee for yeah, another but here's hour the deal. You Bruce, what do you think of scott henderson i did this guy doesn't drink. He's such a lightweight. He's still nursing the first little half a shot he got. <laughs> Man, you said you call yourself a guitar player? <laughs> Lame. <laughs> no, Scott. Let's talk about Scott. I just remember Scott what may have a big bladder, but his peepee is this big. <laughs> but his dick is way fucking bigger than that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, <laughs> no, Scott is again an original voice. That you know, that's and what can you say? Especially playing, you know, a plank of wood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's manages to get his own sound out of it. He and he keeps developing his own sound. I've been a fan of his since the early Tribal Tech days, and and when he was playing with Joe's band, Joe's Ono, and Chick, and uh, he's just had an original voice. He's he's got of course amazing chops and a really unique sense of harmony. Just his own vocabulary that works in every situation. He can of course literally melt a wall with the heat that he generates. But to <laughs> well, that me, sounds kind of sexy. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm getting a boner. But, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> how would you notice? But. Uh, <laughs> He, he, takes, he takes two Viagra just to keep from peeing on his shoes. <laughs> okay, that's enough about me. But the big thing about Scott, not that thing, not that part, is... is uh, he just like... He swings. There's, I'll tell you, it's something that... That kind of it's weird. Almost through life, there's certain things that just you like, and I can remember back into my earliest days liking certain things. Like, I've always been a guy that liked curves versus sharp things. You know, like images, visual images. Like an L5 with a sharp cutaway <clears throat> does not look remotely fun to play compared to one with the round cutaway. I mean, maybe it has to be with the first women I saw or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and also musically, I've always been drawn to sounds that are flowing and very legato and swinging in a certain way, okay? That's why I'm sure Charlie Parker, the first time I heard him, tore my head off and changed my life. I've always been drawn to this certain particular flow of energy in a smooth way. And that is something that Scott has as much as any musician I've ever met. You know, in, in the truest sense, he's one of the most swinging guitar players I think that's ever walked the face of the earth. And just if you're quantifying it in terms of flow and the ability to freely move energy, it's it's really stag it's really Thanks, man. And, you know, well, I'll right, take I mean, that as a compliment. <clears throat> 
And the Oscar goes to. And I want to thank all the little people that helped me. <laughs> all right, now, guys, let me ask you again and give me your real thoughts. Okay. I can't stand this plane. Scott okay, Henderson. <laughs> no, you know what, though? There's a thing. There's a thing. And there's a, you know, you, you, you would think, okay, yeah, me and Bruce are coming from a completely different, you know, Bruce learned jazz, I learned rock. Hmm. Simple as that. We're com- from completely two different backgrounds, yet we met here in the same musical place where we like a lot of the same music and we respect a lot of the same musicians, right? From from all the years of our experience being old men that we are. By the way, did you see that fucking quote on Facebook that was the best quote ever? You know the picture of us in the restaurant? What's Facebook? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, what was you that? Know, there was a picture of us in the yeah. restaurant at Cindy's, yeah. right? And it said, yeah, there's some bad motherfuckers right there. Oh, there's a lot of talent right there. Boy, there's 20 talented fingers right there. And then one guy writes, what a nice old lesbian couple. <laughs> 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 I want to give that guy some money. I didn't see that. <laughs> that shit made me laugh. I was falling off my chair laughing so hard when I saw it. <laughs> I said, who are you, guy? I'm going to mail you a hundred bucks. <laughs> that was the biggest laugh of the day. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, was really I'm awesome. Gonna get, I'm going to get that picture on a t-shirt and just have that under the button. <laughs> nice old nice old lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking great <laughs> quote, man. <Yeah. laughs> but anyway, being as old as we are and we've, you know, gone through whatever experiences now, we're really we enjoy a lot of the same kind of music and we really appreciate each other's playing. I think it's great, man. Because a lot of people would say, hmm, you know, how come it's not, you know, Scott Henderson and, and uh and uh, I don't know Osnoy. Osnoy and then Bruce Foreman and Larry Kuntz, you know, but here we are. You know, and I've experienced this before, like only really once where where I had a pretty good um, have a pretty good relationship with a, a jazz guitarist. And that's John, you oh. know, Pisano, because so many times sitting in a John Pisano's guitar night and some with Larry and Steve yeah. Cardness. But what I love about, uh, I guess, I'm sure a lot of the hollow body jazz guitar players is that. Just because they play hollow body jazz guitar doesn't mean that they don't listen to a lot of other kinds of music. You know, Bruce is a big Led Zeppelin fan, right? So that, I mean, Steve Tavaloni, who's one of the, uh, you know, really best saxophone players on the West Coast, he turned me on to Pantera. <laughs> I never heard him before. And I was, no, not Pantera, Meshuggah. Oh, Meshuggah, okay. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell is this? And he... He, he, and he's a jazz saxophone player, but he knows great music. And when he turned me on to Meshuggah, I was just like, I can't believe I'm hearing this shit. This is amazing. Wow. Just love it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, all this, it's I mean, nice to meet open-minded yeah. musicians, you know, that, yeah, are, that like a, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and why does a person pick a hollow body versus a solid body? I mean, realize, obviously, solid bodies are way easier to play on a lot of levels, physically. A lot easier to carry around. On a lot of levels, but an acoustic guitar gives you a certain kind of dynamic response that you can't get out of a solid body guitar. Yeah. It also gives you a certain kind of <clears throat> fatness with clarity that you can't get. 
mm-hmm. out of a solid body guitar. And when it comes down to what sound you're hearing in your head, whether it be from the people that influenced you, whether it be other instruments or the your instrument, what you want to achieve, the you know, and you just end up finding the easiest thing it is to get to that sound. Obviously, a big part of my playing is dynamic phrasing, the articulation, the 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 subtlety, nuance, and v- depth of 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 the dynamic articulation in my playing <laughs> is really what it. What turns me on about music? Well, obviously, a hollow body is going to give me a lot more about that than than a tracking, you know, plank of wood. I'm sorry, I just keep what? thinking about the. You have to take two Viagra. <laughs> Jesus, get over it, man! I got plenty more with that. Hey, that's just the tip that's of the iceberg. Uh, Excuse the pun. I think that's the best I've had in a long time. <laughs> That's another great show. I hope you guys are enjoying it. We'd love your feedback. Uh, Email these guys and just piss them off. Scott, thank you as always. You said you wanted some feedback. (laughs) New Guitar Tones by Scott Henderson. And Bruce, always a pleasure. It's Boy, if you think that's a pleasure, I feel sorry for you.